This is the news for the week beginning the 23rd of October 2023. The unemployment rate for September dropped 0.1 percentage point to 3.6% on the back of the number of unemployed workers actively looking for work, declining to 520,500, according to the ABS's Labor Force data released last Thursday. The participation rate rose from 66% to 66.7% month on month. Recruitment difficulty edged down slightly in September, decreasing by two percentage points to 59% of recruiting employers, according to Jobs and Skills Australia's national survey of 1,000 employers, although recruitment difficulty is now nine percentage points lower than a year ago. In September, the number of employers recruiting rose three percentage points from August to reach 49%. Last year, 58% of employers were recruiting in September. The proportion of employers who expect to increase staffing over the October to December period rose by one percentage point to 25%. The Internet Vacancy Index revealed online job advertisements decreased 2% month-on-month in September 2023 to stand at 272,900. Over the year to September, online job ads decreased by 4.1%. A glimpse into some of the reasons why women leaders are departing corporate life at such an unprecedented rate was revealed this week in the details of executive recruiter Anna Whitlam's claim against Tenio Global, as reported by Industry News Service Shortlist. In August 2021, Whitlam sold her search and advisory business, Anna Whitlam People, to global consulting firm Tenio, and as part of the sale was appointed to the position of Head of ACPAC Talent Advisory, based in Australia with responsibility across the Asia-Pacific region. In July this year, Whitlam was summarily dismissed by Tenio for alleged misconduct and is now suing the firm in the federal court for unlawful adverse action and contract breaches. Among the claims outlined in the shortlist article, Whitlam alleges she often started work as early as 6am and would finish anywhere between 11pm and 3am and that she was regularly required to work weekends and to attend late night online meetings. She was told she was no longer part of the Global Management Committee, GMC, after having emailed the chair of Tenio International two months into her tenure, seeking a more inclusive approach to GMC meetings to cater to different time zones. She raised concerns with the chair about his lack of communication on matters such as budget targets, and when she claimed the workplace culture was male-dominated and not inclusive of women, she was blamed for the high turnover of staff. According to the Tenio Global website, their current global management committee comprises 10 men and 2 women. Labor Hire Licensing Queensland has fined three companies for operating Labor Hire services without licences. North Farming Proprietary Limited and Ranjit Singh were fined $300,000 and $60,000 respectively after being convicted in a local magistrate's court. The prosecution showed neither North Farming nor Ranjit Singh held a licence when they supplied fruit pickers and labourers to fruit farms in North Queensland, according to Labour Hire Licence in Queensland. Further, they provided labour hire services without having a workers' compensation policy in place. In the third instance, Agile Group Global Proprietary Limited and its Chief Operating Officer were prosecuted for supplying security guards without being licensed to do so. The Chief Operating Officer was fined $50,000, while the company was fined $150,000. 
New South Wales has hiked the maximum fine and doubled the prison time for employers under recently passed amendments to the state's Work Health and Safety Act 2011. Under the amendments, employers who commit Category 1 offences under the law will be fined just over $2.1 million, up from the previous $800,000. They may also receive maximum imprisonment of up to 10 years, doubling the five that was originally stipulated in the law. The amendment also increases every court penalty imposed in New South Wales relating to unsafe work practices according to Safe Work. It also prohibits employers from using their insurance to pay for work health and safety fines as a cost of doing business. Employment and labour force participation rates reached record highs in the second quarter of this year in the 38 countries tracked by the Organisation for Economic Cooperation and Development, according to data released earlier in the month. The employment rate in the OECD rose to 70.1% in the second quarter, the highest level since 2005. The OECD labour force participation rate rose to 73.7%, the highest since 2008. Record highs in both the employment rate and labour force participation rate were reported in 19 countries, including France, Germany, Italy and Japan. The unemployment rate in the 38-country OECD area remained at a record low of 4.8%. Countries with the lowest unemployment rate in August were Korea, 2.4%, the Czech Republic, 2.5%, and Japan at 2.7%. The highest unemployment rates in August were in Spain, 11.5%, Greece, 10.9%, and Colombia, 9.5%. Glencore has announced it will close all copper mining operations at its Mount Isa location, one of the biggest copper mines in the country. The multinational broke the news to employees last Wednesday morning that all copper mining at the site will cease in 2025. At least 1,200 employees will be affected, including contractors, suppliers and businesses that rely on the largest copper mining operation in northwest Queensland. In a statement, Glencore cited low-quality ore as the reason for the major closure. Chief Operating Officer of Glencore Zinc Assets in Australia, Sam Stohmeyer, said the company would look to retain, redeploy and retrain as many employees as possible, while others would be offered redundancies as a last resort. Manpower Group reported revenue fell 5.4% year-over-year in constant currency for the September 2023 quarter, although revenue in Asia-Pacific Middle East increased by 3.4%. The United States was the company's hardest-hit region, reporting a 15% year-on-year decline. The company announced $38 million worth of restructuring costs have been incurred during the quarter, causing net earnings to decline 73% in the quarter to $30 million. Ignite announced revenue for the September 2023 quarter was $26.3 million and gross profit was $3 million, down 11% year on year. At the end of September, Ignite's active contractor headcount was 579, down 12% in the quarter and 21% year on year. The largest red flag about an employer's behaviour during the hiring process was the lack of communication, cited by 70% of respondents, followed by a negative interview experience, 57%, then avoiding questions about pay, 55 and vague job descriptions, 55%. 
These results came from the 2023 Greenhouse Candidate Interview Experience Report based on the responses of 1,200 US-based candidates to questions about the behaviour of employers during the hiring process. Over one-third of candidates, 34%, have experienced discriminatory interview questions, with the most common questions focused on age, race and gender. Just over one-third, 36% of respondents admitted to ghosting an employer with poor interview experience and the organisation was different from what I expected it to be, equal top as the most cited reason. Close to one-fifth, 19% of candidates, have changed their names on their resume with the to sound less ethnic and to sound younger the top two reasons for doing so. To sound like the opposite gender was the fifth most nominated response at 22%. The latest figures from Japan's Ministry of Internal Affairs and Communications shows that one out of every seven workers in Japan is 65 or older. In 2022, there were 9.1 million workers aged 65 or older in Japan, exceeding the previous year's total for the 19th consecutive year. The employment rate among those 65 or older in Japan was 25.2%, a 0.1 percentage point increase over the previous year. Only South Korea has a higher workforce participation rate amongst over 65s at 37%. Australia's workforce participation rate for people aged 65 and over is 15%. A supervisor at a Pennsylvania food services company and co-conspirators allegedly steered $13 million in business at his company to staffing firms in exchange for hundreds of thousands of dollars in kickbacks from those firms, the US Attorney's Office announced. The incidents happened between 2014 and 2019 when the accused allegedly accepted payments from Global Staffing Services and Penn's Independent Staffing. The supervisor has entered a not guilty plea to the charges and the maximum penalty for the commercial bribery offence is 20 years in prison. And now you're up to date with your recruitment news for the week beginning the 23rd of October 2023. Hey, are you liking listening to our podcast, Recruitment News Australia? If you are, it would really help if you could give Ross Clanner and I a five-star review on whatever podcast app you listen to it on. Please hop onto the review section and give us a review next time you're listening on your favourite episode. And thanks for listening. Question of the week. Question of the week this week has been prompted by an article I read recently about the good old office romance. It said about 40% of US workers have said they've flirted with someone from their workplace and nearly a quarter have gone on a date with someone from work, according to an annual survey from the Society for Human Resource Management conducted in January this year, which included over 600 respondents. 17% and they've been in an official relationship with someone in the workplace. So Adele, question of the week this week, is it okay to date someone from work? (laughs) This is a really interesting one, Ross, and I um, have to say that uh, it's filled with lots of issues, of course, as everybody knows. It makes me very nervous to think about um, the situations of people dating at work. My own experience, I'm thankful to say I... Uh, have had the experience of dating somebody that I worked with, but not in the recruitment industry. So I'm sorry, no spilling of the tea going oh, on. Oh, really? Yeah, no. Really? Gossip. You've yeah, never really? dated someone 
No, I'm from very pleased to say. a recruitment agency when you're working in recruitment. Oh, dear, no, oh, come on. Are you, I, are you telling me the truth? I am, I am. And I learnt my lesson early, thankfully. I worked for a very brief time just before joining recruitment in um, a customer service-based role. And I did go on a date uh, with somebody, not just that I worked with, but that was kind of a two-up manager. So not my Ooh. immediate manager, but Ooh. the manager above that person. And Ooh. it was a disaster. It was great fun oh. at the time and it ended in a very uncomfortable situation of which I had to ask to be relocated. I actually had to be moved. Uh, thankfully, I had told my boss and she was empathetic and said, yeah, I can see he's giving you a hard time and uh, oh. I will try and get you a transfer. So I had to be transferred to another office, um, oh. subsequently left and so kind of learnt my lesson, I, I guess, and so haven't done it in the recruitment industry, thankfully. but. Um, Mm. Yeah, that's my share. I think you've got a different story though, Ross. Um, yes, yes. I've had, um, uh, 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 well, my first marriage started off as an office romance that became official. And there's been a few other, let's call them dalliances, that <laughs> had occurred. Um, yes, I think that's probably about as much as I'm... Happy to share. Yes, there were a few other dalliances, and uh, some of those may have been known by my colleagues. One or two of them may not. I'm not really sure, but <laughs> that's probably about as much as I'll say. Um, All right. So, so when is it wrong? Is it about? Is it about telling people? Then is it about being open about this sort of thing? Well, so you're more firstly, <laughs> well, okay. So, so, so let's just face. The inevitable truth that the recruitment industry is one where there's a lot of people in their 20s and a lot of people in their 20s who are single, who have got time on their hands, who you know don't have kids to go home to on a Friday night. So, you know, there's quite a quite a few socialising opportunities. And certainly, I mean, I'd be interested to know in your experience, but certainly when I was in recruitment. And certainly in my 20s, there was always Friday night drinks and almost always we'd go out to the pub afterwards. And actually, there were quite a few um, times where candidates, because I was in the temp team, so our temps sort of meet up with some temps. And there were, let's say, occasions when a bit too much Alcohol was consumed, and oh one God. thing led to another. So you know, it's making my heart beat fast here, Ross. <laughs> being at the pub with candidates as well, and oh my God, yes, that's fraught with all sorts of uh, danger, danger, warning, yes, warning. Yes, well, well, one, one, one tell um, that I'm prepared to own up to was that I did date one of my temps for a period of time. We actually had a relationship for a couple of years, which my boss knew about, although she wasn't thrilled the fact that I'd asked one of my temps out and uh, we, we, were in, we were in a relationship. But, you know, it was a proper relationship. It went, it went for a couple of years. So I... Yeah, look, I've certainly got some form here and I look back now and I probably, mm, yeah, feel a little bit of a cringe about some of the things. But it's it's tricky in the sense that it's almost inevitable. 
because the industry being what it is, it's just navigating it in a way where you're not deceiving people um, and there's not a perception of um, people being favoured. Because uh, I, you know, I did work in an environment where there were other relationships that were going on that were officially not happening mm. and it just made it a little bit awkward for people because of the the power imbalance in those relationships so yeah actually there was know, one instance i remember of a girl who worked with me so it wasn't me specifically but she did also uh date a temp of ours and i was very nervous she she reported to me and i was very nervous about the situation she was very upfront we discussed it openly we discussed different scenarios and what might happen and what the impact to the business might be and to her and um thankful to say actually ended in a really happy ending she ended up marrying him and having children and they're still married today and oh, so you know it was right. a it was a great story and a great way that they met but I think it was handled really maturely and openly so maybe that's the bit of advice we're giving around this it's not necessarily wrong to date someone at work but you need to manage it really well in order for it to not be an issue at work. Well I did notice in that same uh, Sherm article that 77% of US workers said their employer doesn't require them to disclose a workplace romance. So do you think in the recruitment industry, people like companies should have that as a policy that people need to disclose a relationship? Or do you think that's better left to the people involved to decide whether they want to disclose it or not? It's a really interesting one. I'm not sure where the policy is necessarily the way to go, but I guess there's probably that general rule that, you know, you think nobody knows about it, but most of the time people do. It's not an easy yes. thing in a workplace to manage. Most recruitment agencies are small to medium firms in this country. Even if you're in a large company, you're in a small team, perhaps. Mm. Um, people find out. And so I think it's always better to be on the front foot. I think if I was involved Today, I would be, you know, trying to be as um, open about it at the right time as well, though, because that's the hard thing, you know, when is the right time to declare it, but to try and be open yeah. and upfront with it so that anything, uh, any any issues could be managed or if anyone's got concerns, it can be managed easily. Well, I think the concerns and issues are more likely to occur if and when the relationship uh, finishes. If it's finished on bad terms, then there's the potential for that to spill over into something potentially negative in the work environments, similar to what you were describing that happened to you. So I think that's probably where there needs to be some, uh, I don't know whether it's policy or unofficial <laughs> rules about how those sorts of things might be handled, because particularly in a small team, it could be very tricky and potentially very awkward. All right. Well, you heard it here. Ross has got some advice if any of you are listening and you want some ideas. No. <laughs> no policy. Do not take. Not, not how to go about this, but policy do take, guidelines. Do not take workplace romance advice from me, but okay. we are very interested to hear what you think or what your own experience is. So when we post this on LinkedIn, we'd love to see in the comments some uh, of your own experiences where it's been good and where it's not been good because uh, for as long as human beings are around and working together, it's going to be happening. We can yeah. be sure of that. No names though, please. Keep it on anonymous.
And now you're up to date with your recruitment news. And for all previous episodes, visit our website at recruitmentnewsaustralia.com.au. And connect with us on LinkedIn. Ross Clennett and Adele Last.